you're listening to The Call, a podcast dedicated to reflecting on the life and mission of All Saints. All Saints is made up of a group of random individuals who are bound together by the galvanizing love of Jesus and his nerve-wracking call to drop our nets and follow him. Following Jesus begins with the first step of hearing the call to follow him in his mission. But where is he taking us? That's the question. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Um, I've had some pretty good conversations with a few of you over the past few weeks. And one thing that keeps, that has popped up, I think, three different times, um, it just through the, over the course of the conversations, uh, was the concept and the idea of Missio Dei. Um, I don't know. I, I assumed this was a bit more of a popular idea than what it, I guess it, it is, because uh, out of the people I've talked to, none of them have heard of Missio Dei before. And I think, for me personally, Missio Dei has shaped my way of thinking when I think of uh, what it means to be missional more than anything else. Um, now, this, this, this concept of Missio Dei, I won't go too far into the history um, I can recommend, I will recommend a few books. If you're on the mailing list, you'll get those. Um, one book right now I'll just mention, if you really want to nerd out about it, because it's a big, heavy, um, yeah, really a hard book to read, but it's it's uh, called uh, Transforming Mission by David Bosch. Um, he covers the pretty much the whole church history and how they viewed and understood uh, mission, what it means to be missional, and he and and is kind of coming into this age of um, missio dei. But what does what does it mean? What does missio dei mean? It's it, well, missio dei is the mission of God, or God's mission. It, it, it's it's coming from this understanding that that God is in his very nature um, a God of mission. He has always been on the move, and he's always been oriented towards his creation and calling creation to himself. So just as we understand how God is love, like he is the living, the very embodiment of love, God is also just this God of mission, of this constant movement of drawing all of creation to himself. And we can see this in the Trinity. So, you know, the Bible describes how God the Father sends Jesus, and then Jesus promises, he says, it's better for you guys that I go, for when I go, I will ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit. So we have God the Father sending Jesus, and then Jesus requesting the Father sends the Holy Spirit. And then this this way of thinking of Missio Dei comes out, out of this Trinitarian theology of uh, we have this constant sending God who is forming and building his church and sending them to engage in his mission. Now, if you're not understanding what I'm saying, it is a bit heavy. I'm trying just to throw a big concept on you guys that have 
has changed the course of the church over the past hundred years, um, and I think in a very healthy and good way. But don't worry, uh, we can talk about this more. But just to kind of give you an idea of how um, this changes, it, this can change your approach and how you engage in mission, I'll just give you one of the uh, of my personal examples. So it's just because it, it shifts instead of mission as being the church's responsibility, as in we've got to go and proclaim our message and draw people to ourselves. Uh, the first question we should be asking is, well, if God is a God who's always at work and calling the world, the all of creation to himself, where is he at work right now? So kind of if it reflects that whole person of peace thing that we've talked about in the first couple of episodes. But yeah, it's assuming that God is out there at work. And our job as the church is to not <laughs> claim mission for our own, but rather to be seekers of where we might see God at work. And so here's just one example of how it has happened um, to Sydney and I. And this was while we were living in Colchester. All right, so we, we, um, we just had Delia, and we came back to England, and we needed a flat. And so we just looked for flats like everybody else does, like what can we afford, what is convenient for us, and, you know, just kind of what meets our needs. And so we find one. It was good. It was right in the middle of town. And, uh, it's, yeah, it worked out great for us. But something happened after we moved in there. Because when we moved in, we noticed there was a plaque that was above our front door of a shepherd and a sheep. And so I just did a bit of research. I knew the building was kind of old. So, so I did a bit of research and come to find out that our block of flats was um, used to be a refuge center for um, women and children. And it was built by the church that was just across the road from us. And it was called the House of the Good Shepherd. When we found this out, we just kind of wondered, well, okay, so we chose this flat just for all the reasons that everybody else does. Like, we, th this was our plan. But what if maybe God had his own plan, and he, he placed us there, and he wanted us to take part in his mission of reclaiming that building in some way, as it was intended, intended to be uh, to be used as some form of a place of refuge, and so we kind of took this on. We're like, okay, so I think God's uh, calling us into reclaiming this place. And so, first thing we did, um, Sydney made some cupcakes, and we went to all of our neighbors, introduced ourselves, and uh, it was the first flat I think that we knocked on. It was a mom and a daughter. And the daughter was uh, older. She's like an adult. But come to find out, they had spent quite a bit of time in refuge centers um, from an abusive husband and father. And uh, so as after we got to know them a bit, then we told them the, the whole reclaiming the building thing. But they they really bought into it. <laughs> like they, they really saw themselves as, okay, maybe we're part of this plan too because of their past. And... Um, but anyway, that's kind of jumping ahead a bit. 
But before that, so we went around to all our neighbors, gave them all cupcakes, and then we invited them to, um, we just said it was an autumn party. So they can all come down to our flat, and we'll have a meal and get to know each other. And that was the first time that any of our neighbors have really met each other. I don't know how long they lived there before that, um, but they've just avoided each other for somehow for that time. But uh, at this party, um, they the ones that were there just really enjoyed it. And they said, well, we've got to keep doing this. And uh, so then they started organizing some things. Like we uh, had a nice car park. It was a bit isolated, so we they decided, let's just close it off and we'll do like an outdoor film night. So we did that. We had all sorts of film, like uh, meals and stuff together. And uh, so like really quickly, the whole culture of our neighborhood was just changing. So because they're flats, you have lots of people that move in and out. And when there were new people coming in, like I always kind of felt like, well, all right, I'm, I'm the Christian. It's my responsibility to go and welcome the new neighbors. But it, it never failed. By, every time I, I, by the time I got to do it, other neighbors had already welcomed them. So this, the whole culture was changing. Like if, if you live here, you're expected to be a part of the community. You are expected to take part in these community meals and just things that we do together. And we've got, we, yeah, we, so we just became really close. And our neighbors were close with the other neighbors. And um, so, yeah, just some amazing things that happened. And uh, that, they said that first flat that we knocked on the door, it was the daughter. She, um, she gave her life to Jesus, and we, we baptized her in our, in our bathtub. And um, the mom um, have pretty much become our kid's adopted grandma. And so whenever, uh, so she still comes and visits us up here quite a bit. Yeah, but I'll just be real quick, and I'll just wrap this story up. But um, there was one one evening in particular. This is right after Elwyn was born. We had a home birth with Elwyn. And uh, we had a few people over at the house or in the, in the flat. And Well, one more thing about the flat that I forgot to mention. We we decided to keep our flat as an open-door policy. Um, neighbors can just pop in whenever they want it. Because we found like a lot of our neighbors would just come in and just ask for prayer. And that just happened on a regular basis. And um, so, yeah, it was... I mean, it sounds nice and appealing, but I mean, it was hard living in that community and just being so open and just where people can come in. Um, but God was doing some amazing things through this. But back to that one night, um, that was in particular right after Elwin was born. So we had some people at a flat, and there was a, a lady just standing right outside our flat and just looking at the building. And um, one of our neighbors was getting ready to come in our door, and she noticed her. And she said, can I help you? And the woman just said, um, no. She said, I, I, I just haven't, I haven't been here in like something like 40 years. Uh, she said, I gave birth to my daughter in this building. And uh, I was just in the area, so I thought I would just come and see the place. And so my neighbor said, you've got to come in and, and meet the couple who live here. And yeah, so she did. She came in. And the house, the flat was just kind of, I remember it was just kind of loud and cha- and just yeah chaotic. And this woman comes in and just staring and looking around. So I just said hello, and uh, 
So she tells me a bit how, you know, she's just here to visit because she gave birth to her daughter here and she just wanted to see the place. But then she starts telling me, because um, this was when it, it was ran by the Catholic Church and it used to be, a, well, a place where unwed mothers, usually teenagers, um, could come and give birth and then give their kids up for adoption. And she was just talking about how walking me through my flat and explaining what it used to look like and what it used to feel like. And she said, this was just the darkest place she's ever been. Um, she said she was scared to death when she had her daughter. Uh, the nuns were just, just mean to her. And the, the priest would come in once a week and just make her feel like she was worthless. And she said there was just so much heartache in this place. Um, and that's so why I just told her our story of how well, we feel like um, God placed us here to reclaim this building <laughs> for what was intendedly, intended to be used. And uh, then I just told her, yeah, just a few days ago, my wife gave birth <laughs> to our son right there in the bathroom. <laughs> and uh, um, so even then, he's reclaiming that too, because that definitely wasn't a moment of just fear or heartache. I mean, it was just such a joyous thing um, that God gave us that opportunity to experience. And this woman, she tells me, she's like, you know, well, my, I, I decided to keep my daughter. Um, there was a lot of pressure on her to give her up, but she said, I just couldn't do it after she gave birth. And she said, and it was... I think I forgot how old the daughter was, but she, teenager, maybe early 20s, she said she became a Christian. And she led her and her her, her husband, she eventually got married uh, to Jesus. And they went on and they, they had like four, I think she said four other kids who were all adults at that point, and they're all moved on. And she said, and now we're just fostering kids. And uh, so it's just like an amazing moment uh, that I, I hope, I don't know, I, I think I'll always remember. But do you see how, like, it's this, con with this concept of Missio Dei, just noticing little things. I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a, <laughs> uh, like a three-step program on how to identify where God is at work, but there was just something that has grabbed our interest in that plaque that sent our lives down a completely different path than what we had expected. Because up to that point, we were just working with a church and doing just normal kind of churchy stuff and expecting and hoping that people would come along to church. But then the, all of a sudden, this whole new exciting way of engaging in mission and actually seeing people come to the Lord through it uh, and, 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 and ourselves being drawn closer to the Lord through it. It was just this sense that we were being invited into something that God was wanting to do. Now, I'd like to talk with you guys more about this um, because I, I think it's, it, it is a life-changing um, concept and, and one that I think is true and theologically holds a lot of ground and has been just like, yeah, widely accepted by all types of churches these days. And so what I think I want to do is, for the next episode, is to do a sort of um, a live version of the call. That won't be live. It'll be kind of like a, a 
live before a studio audience. So I want to invite those that are on the mailing list to um, just join me in a call. On, on, on It'll be on Zoom. And kind of open up this conversation a bit more. Because so far, the conversations have been uh, kind of me with a bunch of individuals back and forth, primarily through email, but a few in person. But I think it'd be good for if we could every once in a while, just if you're interested, let's just get together and start talking about some of these concepts and where we might have seen God at work. So if you're on the mailing list, keep your eyes out. I'll be sending you an invitation to that pretty soon. Um, yeah, no pressure. There's You don't have to talk or contribute. It would be really, really helpful if you do. Or otherwise, it will be a really boring episode. Not that the other ones haven't been. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, keep an eye out for that. And yeah, well, until then. Thank you for listening to The Call. The aim of The Call is to be a catalyst for a conversation about our role in God's mission. I would love to hear your thoughts and comments about what was discussed in this episode, so please contact me at nick at allsaints-wellington.org. And if you'd like to be on the mailing list to receive additional resources about the things we discussed and to be notified when the next episode is released, please email me at the same address, nick at allsaints-wellington.org. We'll see you next time around. God bless.